0: Our sponsor today is none other than our Patreon members. You folks are bringing swords and HEMA to listeners worldwide, so thank you. To support our work and receive exclusive benefits, visit patreon.com forward slash swordwomen. Welcome to Buy the Sword where we discuss the modern study of Historical European Martial Arts, or HEMA, with instructors, experts and martial artists from all over the world. In this episode, we meet Andrei Kubicek of Belgrade Fencing Academy in Serbia. We discuss his 20 years of practicing and teaching historical European martial arts. The episode was recorded on 19th September 2021 on Instagram Live. Hi, Andrei Kubicek from Belgrade Fencing Academy. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Um, you're a little bit quiet. Um, I can just about hear you, so I don't know if you want to. So is
1: this louder or it is this better?
0: Slightly. Um, I'll just get closer to the phone so I can hear.
1: Or I will come closer, maybe. Yeah,
0: I think yes, that so helps. That's yeah, that's better, that's better. Yeah,
1: so I'll just come closer.
0: Yeah. Fine. So, um, thank you for coming on the show. It's lovely to have you here.
1: Yeah, thank you for the invitation. It's also quite a pleasure to enjoy it. So, yes,
0: and uh, my, the first question I want to ask you is very basic, very obvious. Uh, how did you discover HEMA?
1: Well, I wouldn't agree that that's an obvious question my ex- example because I discovered it uh, a long time ago. In this October, it will be 20 years since I am fencing. Yeah, 20 years? Yes, wow. In 2001. Uh, back then, I didn't know anything about HEMA. And actually, I wasn't uh, doing HEMA. I was doing sports spoil because my father used to be a sport uh, journalist and he took me to all kinds of sport activities, you know, like weightlifting, wrestling, ice hockey, and everything else. But I didn't like any, any of it, only, fancy. But only I fencing. Young, only fencing. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that this is thing for me when I was like three years old, but uh, they wouldn't accept for children that age. <laughs> so I had to wait. And I was waiting for some, I don't know, uh, 11 years. And when time came, come, I started fencing. I, I did foil fencing. And back then, uh, my teacher, Alexander Stankovic, who, is, who was one of our best foil and épée and also saber fencers in, in Yugoslavia back then, because you know, as maybe some of your viewers don't know, Belgrade is the capital of Serbia, but it used to be Yugoslavia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, he had... Uh, first private fencing school in Belgrade and I think in the region and uh, I there I came as a 14 year old kid you know Mm -hmm. I earned friends for my whole life because uh, some of people I I met that day we are still friends best friends even today so 20 years later and we were doing foil fencing uh, for a few years and for those two or three years foil fencing was like HEMA for me because. It was the best thing of in my life, basically, best part of my life. But uh, then he started experimenting, because that was like uh, 2003, 2004. And, you know, HEMA, or historical fencing, wasn't developed in most parts of the world back then, you know. Uh, there wasn't much of the internet and so on. So it was something which was developing back then. Uh, in Belgrade, in Serbia, well, there was none. So uh, he started with something which... Uh, was some kind of HEMA, uh, we called it, I mean, he called it, but we call, we called it also, combat fencing, in order to uh, distinguish it for, from foil and from sport Olympic fencing. Uh, we started with uh, Smallsword because he mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, researching the literature and he came up with some ideas how it uh, should like, and we were basically part of that uh, li- living experiment. So... We started doing something which we didn't know how it is called, the name of it. We called it combat fencing, and this started with uh, our first, uh, you know, like, foil uh, epi-bladed, made it like small sword replicas. Later we had rapiers, and they were made from uh, double uh, foil blades, so it was quite a novelty. But then again, it was the uh, best, something best for us. And uh, we continued doing it for the last uh, 15 years. In the meanwhile, what can happen for fifteen years? You know, ma- many things can happen. We have developed the whole school, uh, like in Belgrade, and we are doing now. We will talk about it later, I guess. So mm-hmm. basically, I started the Hema uh, from foil fencing, and I never stopped until until now, and I hope I won't stop. For
0: so you time. evolved into Hema over over twenty years. It didn't. Yeah,
1: kind of well um, i all we all together so there, there is a lot of people who who participated in it mm-hmm.
0: so yeah that's like i always find it interesting to hear how hema develops within different scenes within different countries yeah. uh, all, all around the same sort of time so like that early 2000s uh, pe- people coming up with in like independently it's sort of evolving in these like little niches, and then like as the online community becomes more interlinked, then it all kind of in becomes one. Well, not becomes one, but that it all sort of starts heading in the same kind of direction. Kind of thing I find that quite interesting. You said you're a sociologist. I'm sure that's quite fascinating from your perspective. Well,
1: uh, yes, because that's a new kind of production of uh, some kind of knowledge. This, yeah, in this particular, yes, knowledge about fencing. But yes, it was quite different, you know, like, we, if you we talk about HEMA, it was quite different ten years ago because uh, we didn't have internet, I mean, we had it, but practically, mm. we, we couldn't use it. So we used some photocopied, I don't know, parts of the books. So people were just looking at the pictures and trying to figure out what it's all about. Yeah, I mean,
0: I do. I started doing HEMA in 2010, and uh, and it was different then so like 11 years ago it was very different from how it is now and i remember when i started doing HEMA then people were saying well oh, you know in the early 2000s we didn't have things like the to now or we didn't have like an online library of resources it was all yeah. you know like you say photocopies of photocopies and yeah. pictures and just kind of looking at pictures and going, what are they doing and just doing it in, you know is very very That's sort of, medric, medric on its own yeah yeah a very different yeah. time yeah. We, we've come a long way since then, and we've still got a long way to go, I'm sure. Um, so, Belgrade Fencing Academy is uh, where you are based. Tell us what your role is in, in Belgrade Fencing Academy.
1: Well, um, actually, we, we, as uh, most uh, human societies in Serbia, we are signed as NGOs because law in Serbia doesn't allow you to, to sign as a sports club if you're not doing some, you know, if you're not aiming for some top athletic performance. And right is, yeah, and this is fair because we are not doing it. we are doing other stuff we are um, we don't see fencing as a uh, top competitive you know like athletic performance, but as some other things so mm-hmm. uh, we are we are signed as a society for historical and theatrical uh, fencing, and this is basically the the same society our teacher fo- found, found, found uh, some uh, in 1994. Uh, in two thousand and four. And it uh, basically inherited the legacy of a uh, sport club, which was founded in uh, mm-hmm. 1997. Uh, yes. So uh, basically, uh, Petr Vukovic, one of my best friends, and I have uh, taken this uh, academy from him because he is now retired and he is enjoying uh, his countryside uh, villa and he is more into agriculture in fencing now, especially now with coronavirus. But uh, we have uh, continued with uh, the... Club and uh, basically, my role is being part of the whole uh, society. So, uh, Peter, I, with help of Konstantin and I, I must say many other members, uh, we are basically doing uh, the sharing the same responsibilities in the mm-hmm. in the club. So, uh, that is something which is you know like fami- people watching this are probably familiar. Uh, it is uh, fun with equipment, you know, carrying it, packing it, unpacking it, and so on. But also with teaching, uh, with some administrative, uh, you know, like uh, things, writing down members, uh, and so on. Um, beautiful cooperation with one elementary school where we are getting our space, our hall. So there are many aspects of uh, running fencing club. So,
0: mm-hmm. so you you do the behind the scene. You do the administration. You do the teaching. Yes, uh, the- is you sw- you yeah, the floor you do it all
1: <laughs> yeah carrying the equipment uh, equipment maintenance um you know visiting our tailor lady who is making our plastrons and uh, tinkering with her about new types of uh, plastrons and so on um, and everything else basically uh, whatever you can think about we are we are sharing it
0: so Tell me about the Serbian hema scene. It's, you know, every country's HEMA scene is different, um, it has its own kind of uh, personality and uh, ways of doing things. So like, for example, you just said that in Serbia, you can't run a, a sports club unless it's got a sort of competitive yeah. element to it. So you have to do regular sports fencing as well as uh, historical fencing, I presume.
1: You should because you, you need to have you know like competent uh, sports trainers uh, who are who have faculty for you example know, who, who are university who have mm-hmm. a degree university degree in it and you need to have approved uh, hall where you fans and there are many other uh, you know like things you have to, to fulfill. Mm-hmm. But if you are an NGO, um, you can do whatever you want unless you break
0: the law. Unless you break the law. So, so what? Tell me how the scene has developed in the ty- in the twenty years that you've been practicing uh, swordplay.
1: Yeah, well, that's a right question for me because I was part of it since, since its the beginning. So, as I said in the beginning, there was one, uh, there was there were two clubs, but run by our one one teacher, Alexander Stankovic. Uh, we had one in it was first in the Dom on it is the youth hall in in central Belgrade, Later. It came to to Drinkapaloich. This is this elementary school where we are fencing up to this day. Uh, it and it was called Saint George, so Saint George. Uh, the other one, which I was part of, was Officers' Fencing Club, and it was stationed in the Home of Army, also in in the center of Belgrade. So there were two clubs. Uh, later on, uh, the this office, Officers' Club uh, ceased to exist because this Home of Army. Changed. It's you know like it stopped uh, giving space to so we stopped fencing there, and we continued fencing only in uh, Society of Fencers uh, Saint George. We had to rename it later on because we couldn't use name of the saint without approval of a church. So oh really? Yeah, it's a fine thing to do, but uh, we will say okay, it's fine. We want it, it will remain Saint George for us, Saint George, but uh, we will uh, sign it under name, which is like, you know, uh, appropriate by law. So okay. um, uh, there, was, there was this one club where we started dancing. Um, in that club, uh, pedagogy was, uh, looked like this. So you would start with sport foil for one year, and then you would continue with uh, small sword, then with rapier, uh, and later with some mixture of rapier and side sword. So it wasn't so much, uh, you know, diversified and then with uh, rapier and dagger, rapier and cape, and so on. Uh, we had a small succession se- section later on, and there was separated uh, longsword section. So if you would like to fence with long with, uh, longsword, you wouldn't start with foil, which is quite logical, you know, um, and then uh, this uh, scene diversified because people, you know, like uh, seeking other things, uh, f- found out their own clubs. So oh. first, Terza came. Uh, they were focused mainly uh, originally on the long sword together with the uh, side sword and the rapier. And they found their own space in one fabulous uh, building. Sadly, it isn't uh, available now, uh, but uh, it, it, was a, it was a good place to fence. And later on, Pero came. This is the second club which uh, have a similar approach to ours. So it's a small sword, uh, before that, foil and rapier, I think. Uh, so the uh, fencing scene looks like this. So we have like those three clubs, uh, one regional and two which came out of it. Uh, and there are a few individuals who are also um, doing it individually. But uh, sadly, uh, Serbia, Serbia's fencing scene is only um, you know, present in Belgrade, so in its capital city, because it's the largest city, it has around 2 million inhabitants. inhabitants so it's uh, all about Belgrade. Mm. And sadly, uh, other towns in Serbia uh, doesn't have any sections, clubs or anything like it. And I hope that this could change someday because there are other b- b- nice cities which...
0: How many how many members do you have currently at Belgrade Fencing Academy?
1: Well, uh, this is a very hard question now and very, you know, like a uh, painful question because of the coronavirus. Uh, we, we used to have, well we could say that there were around maybe even a few hundred people fencing in Belgrade before Corona, uh, you know, in all clubs together. But mm-hmm. now I can't say for other clubs because uh, they are having also problems with Corona and with, uh, with space because, you know, uh, there are uh, many schools and many, um, you know, like uh, rent- rental uh, you know, people who own spaces uh, are now refusing to give space for any activities. Oh. Uh, so, for now, it's fine because you know the uh, weather is still fine here in Serbia. It's pretty warm and pretty nice to fence outside. But uh, many people are having trouble in finding exp- appropriate, appropriate space. So we, in our uh, in our club, we don't have problem with it because this Brinko about elementary school where we fence, uh, they are quite open and we can fence there. Also, I we have a. Um, we can fence in a Czech house. So it's uh, like uh, a building built by uh, members of Czech community in Belgrade, which uh, is also nice for fencing and where where we can do it uh, basically whenever we want. Although it's a smaller, smaller hall, but uh, it's pretty good. Uh, And that's it, basically. So we are mainly focused on small sword, rapier. Uh, There are people who are doing side sword and long sword.
0: I think I find that progression very interesting because in the vast majority of HEMA clubs they get people in the door they start them off with the two-handed sword with the long sword and the rapier and the small sword come later yeah you're kind of you've got your it's really interesting that you've got people doing sports spoil first which I think is probably the best way to start like because sports fencing is a thing and, it, you know, the pedagogy and it's it's very well established. You don't have to research how it works. It's just there. And, and you know, it, sports fencing is huge. Uh, and then sort of grow the the progression from, you know, a thrust oriented weapon to a longer thrust oriented weapon. Yeah. And then to a single handed cutting and thrusting weapon. And then to a two handed weapon like, is a, an interesting way to do it. Um, you know there's a there's a good argument for doing it that way um because often like you find sometimes people when they really get into their hema they kind of go oh i wish i'd done sports foil when i was younger kind of thing and and then and then they sometimes like take up fencing later yeah, um <laughs> yeah but you got it like the the right way around um so did you manage to continue to train through the pandemic in any form or did it all have to go on hold
1: uh, well, for a few months, we had to go on hold because here in Serbia, everything was closed. We, we oh. basically had, you know, like police hour. we couldn't um, go out, basically, that, that oh. was, uh, in the last, last year. So, for some time, we had to stop, but afterwards, we, our club came back, and we are doing regularly since then. Um, I personally had to make a small break because I had to take care of my parents, who are, who are a bit old, and they are quite vulnerable to, to this thing but uh, now we are back in the saddle i mean best stance <laughs> so uh, we have those uh, two horses, so we are doing it uh, quite well even though uh-huh. there are less people than usual but still we are quite grateful because we know that it could be even worse so
0: so you're back in the saddle you you're, you're back at it what is your biggest what are your biggest aims for the club
1: well uh, that's quite quite a long question because uh, if you ask me, I would like to I mean the most basic thing I would like to have as many people who are good at fencing it uh, smaller than vapier, uh, who, who could I fence with against and or together? So that's the probably the, the simplest answer, although this answer uh, means many things so because you need to make equipment or to purchase equipment for them. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, here in our club, uh, we, this is, the, and that was one of the good changes coronavirus brought, because back uh, we had the common equipment which was shared by every member. So it was on a, one large pile, and everybody would take what he needs. Uh, now, because of coronavirus, we, that we found this, uh, how to say, you know, managers say it like, uh, that was a risk we take as opportunity. So a threat we, we, we took as opportunity. So uh, we, we. Uh, Make, uh, we made a um, lot of um, equipment kits, so everyone has its own now. Mm. Everybody gets his own mask and a plastron, you know, like a, um, jacket, and he takes it home with him. So in order to keep uh, some hygienic measures um, at a higher level, so that was one of the things we aimed for, and they, uh, comp- we managed to complete. And the second thing is, as you can see behind him. Our swords, because we are producing uh, swords. I mean, not only mm-hmm. uh, important from from uh, uh, historical armoury in Ukraine, but other things are. We try to our best to to make them because you know uh, we. Um, it's hard to purchase uh, complete swords for many people. So if you need, it's not big thing if you want one or two, but you know uh, if you need 20, 30 or more swords, uh, it's uh, much. Uh, know like more affordable to make them your own so we'll talk about it also later so that's mm-hmm. the second aim and the third aim would be uh, keeping this uh, high teaching you know like uh, aims in in working with people so that would be
0: high it. Quality, teaching.
1: quality teaching yeah
0: uh, right I'm just going to take this opportunity to say to the folks at home there's two at the moment but um, anyone else who's joining us Um, If you have any questions for Andre uh, about HEMA, about making swords, about the Serbian HEMA scene or or fencing, anything, uh, please do ask us a question at the bottom of your phone screen. There is a question mark with a speech bubble in it. Sorry, a speech bubble with a question mark in it. Just tap that, type in your question and we will open it and and read it out. so, I'm just going to come back to uh, the progression. Uh, where you, you say you got sports sports foil, and then you go all the way up to uh, two handed sword. Uh, just to uh, go over with me, which styles you you study, any particular sources that you focus on? Yeah. So, uh, in our club now, we
1: dropped off uh, with sports foil because we found it too uh, far away from which we are doing to, to, you know, like puzzling because it's, sport foil is different than small sword. In many okay. Ways, it's too it's different. Too, it's too different because, um, there are too many direct attacks, um, too many, you know, like, tip work. This is quite different than small sword. So mm-hmm. our primary weapon now is small sword. Mm. And, and this is something people start with. So, the one who can't handle small sort can't pass. <laughs> so it's, it's the, the main thing. And Sources uh, primarily, uh, there are those French sources. Personally, I don't uh, like Angelo. Uh, I personally like MacArthur best because I think it's much uh, clearer in, in, and much better you know, in, in his description of actions. And uh, personally, I really enjoy um, Alexander McDoyle, even though this is quite an, um, you know, maybe book many people didn't even heard about. I hope I did.
0: Alexander who? Doyle. Doyle, I've Doyle, not heard yeah. Of
1: that. He is a, yeah, Alexander Doyle, he's he a very interesting character. You know, there is a perfect translation by Van Nort, and um, he, he was an Irishman who actually went to France and then to Germany. So he uh, was teaching some French style, kind of French, combination of French and German styles, although he was an Irish. So <laughs> check it out. It's a yeah. great. Book with many so English
0: Alexander teachers. Doyle, a, an Irish guy, he studied yeah. French and German sword and then yeah, wrote and a correct. book on it. Yeah,
1: and he was a teacher in, in Germany.
0: So Ooh. this
1: is a book which uh, is quite different, uh, not quite, but somehow different than other uh, sword literature because it has uh, quite interesting tricks, you know, something which would I would consider more advanced uh, sword techniques. So check it out.
0: Mm interesting. So,
1: yeah, that, that is about the small sort. And then rapier. Uh, personally, I prefer Fabrice or, or others and masters who are following it. Uh, and, uh, but we are having some kind of our own pedagogical, you know, approach to it. Uh, okay. I try to, to, you know, like, to found on Fabrice and his argumentation, which I found, you know, like, uh, like none other because, um, way he explained things and his holistic approach to it, it is something which is uh, hardly, you know, like, surpassed by anyone.
0: I agree, yeah.
1: I mean, uh, what is Bach for classical music and for for piano, this is uh, Fabrice for fencing, basically. That's uh, something I can see as a foundation of this scientific approach to fencing. Mm -hmm. So, Fabrice is for uh, rapier, and because basically there are two main systems, main main fencing weapons we are practising. Uh, we are doing something with uh, uh also we are doing something with dusak. but um, I can't say that we are teaching it because this is something we are experimenting with. So it is not something which is uh, done like in... Uh,
0: it's not part uh, of the regular curriculum, yeah, it's... It, yeah, yeah,
1: it is something which is in addition. So, in addition? Um, yeah. So... We are trying to, to do something with sabres. We have a pair of sabres and so on, but again, this is something which is even even uh, more additional, correct? So it be like on a third tier.
0: Mm. So the main focus is small sword and then rapier.
1: Yeah. A... And and how
0: what what kind of long sword uh, stuff do you do? Do you do much of that? None. None. We 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 don't do any longsword. None at all. Okay. None at all. Interesting. Um well, what, uh, as an instructor yourself, what is most important to you as a teacher? This is a very open question. Yeah. So what do you think is most important? Well, there are many important things depending on the
1: phase of learning or uh, method you are using. But uh, if I would have to, to choose one thing and this thing maybe isn't the most important, but it is a thing which um, is present all the time. Uh, with beginners and with advanced fencers and this is to encourage people to step out of their borders because you know um, fencing is all about stepping mm. and I would l- like to say that teaching fencing is all about stepping out of uh, one's borders. Yeah. So you need to be, as a teacher, uh, you need to be very patient and very em- empathic to find what are the borders of your teacher, of your student,
0: mm-hmm. or
1: what are his boundaries. Uh, where he starts to feel uh, unpleasant and to, not to stop there, but to try to uh, help him overcome, to step uh, behind those borders and boundaries in order to grow.
0: Otherwise people just stay the same.
1: Yeah, yeah, so uh, uh, because uh, this can be something, you know, like uh, physical, like someone um, is afraid to to do a lunge or someone is afraid to step close to his opponent or something like this or even more you know, important, those can be some mental or psych- psychological boundaries or, or borders which uh, people need to, to pass in order to advance. In.
0: Mm. I, I find with people, I've, I've said this before, I find when someone starts doing a historical European martial arts they start off with one particular weapon, say the small sword in your example and they really love it and they get into it and they study it a lot. And then they start to identify with that weapon. Yeah. Like say, I am a, whatever it is, that's me. I don't do that other thing, I do this. And that that that, that quite clearly illustrates that thing you were just describing about stepping beyond your borders. Like rather, don't, don't define yourself as just one particular thing because you know, historical european martial arts is vast and it isn't just this one particular weapon that you've just started doing and you really really like i know there's a lot of material on it but you know it's worth stepping outside of your comfort zone picking up a different weapon or studying a different system because even then even if you want to come back to your comfort zone you'll come back with the knowledge that you gained from studying this other different system and it will it will it will give you a better perspective. It will be, give you a, a greater understanding. Yeah, for me fencing is fencing
1: after all, so there are the same principles, uh, whatever sword you're, you're fencing with. So uh, basically, you have to find out about those basic principles, which are basically the same. So especially when we speak about footwork and some other things, uh, keeping measure, which I found most fundamental about them. will have some qualities with every weapon.
0: Yeah, a good fencer yeah, should be good with everything, uh, not just their one particular comfort blanket of a weapon.
1: Especially with those uh, swords which have, um, which basically are part of one line of, I hate for evolution, but of one, well, we can use it in, in like of better terms, you know, like small sword, rapier, scythe. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say where one starts and the other ends. Yeah. So practically, you can uh, the 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 space for applying things from one weapon to other is really great. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, you know, it's only it's only our kind of modern perspective that makes us distinguish these yeah these swords. You know, right. you know. In the past, it's just this is a sword. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but. There was no kind of distinction about what what, what they are. They just they just use them. Um, so we'll you've touched on uh, on the, the, the equipment that you folks use at your school uh, and in the sort of wake of the pandemic it became important as you say to because bef- before the school just supplied a sort of stock of equipment and there was like a yeah. there you go you use right. the school right. equipment and then it became well we can't do that anymore everyone has to have their own individual yeah. sets of equipment that they take home with them which is to be honest, how it is uh, in a lot of Hema scenes, you have your own kit that you take to class, um, but you 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 make you actually, as you said, your your cutlers, you actually make your own uh, hilts. You import the blades from, I think you said somewhere in the Ukraine. Yeah,
1: uh, historical armory.
0: Historical armory, but you make your you essentially putting yeah. together your own swords. So, t- so talk us through that about how that started and yeah, how so, that happens.
1: Uh, again, it's uh funny story, because oh, when I was starting, you know, with small sword and when we wanted to have our own swords, uh, we were in high school, so, you know, living in Serbia in that uh, uh, historical moment, and being a high school mm-hmm. student meant that you couldn't purchase your own sword. <laughs> yes. Basically, so, you needed to make it on your own, and I can never forget my first attempt to make something like small sword like, you know, like using those small Chinese uh, Pet uh, ball, 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 balls, you know, like for eating, for, for feeding your pets. Um, back then, I didn't even have the power drill, so the first one I drilled with a nail and a hammer and then piled it into <laughs> a square. So it was a long time ago, and we have progressed later on. So, for example, here is the first sword that I ever made. Wow. Yeah, so you can see it. It's a small sword. Nice. Yeah, I made it a long time ago. And basically, it's done without any welding, you know. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know how to weld back then. And um,
0: So, it's just all fitted together?
1: Yeah, it's just all fitted together. Uh, so, finally, filed and fitted together. So, back then I didn't have money or equipment, but I had plenty of time. So, I made it, and I like how it, how it looks. I fancy it. For Impressive! For, for a for long time, but uh, now I wouldn't do it again for all treasures of the world because I simply don't have time for it because it was, when you do something for the first time, first time, everything is fun and, you know, you have a lot of enthusiasm, but mm-hmm. when you have to do it again, you find, you, you, you can really tell, is this, is this something you really want to do or this is something you would never do again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and this is one newer edition. So, it's something which should look like a German small you know?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. as a wire wire grip
0: yeah and on a pierced yeah it's welded.
1: so this this part here is welded Mm
0: -hmm.
1: welder so this is something uh better and i learned in the meantime and what we can do now uh, we we made actually 20 small sorts i don't have any example here because they are in school but we have 20 small sorts for our school and we have plenty of rapiers I have one, so I can show it too. it's also something I welded, it's...
0: Nice! Yeah,
1: so you can see, it's welded, and, well, I can give you one secret, because that's my patent. You see this nice cup?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, inox, it's uh, unrustable, you know, like steel, it's very stiff, and if anyone needs something like this, you can probably buy it in this cutlery. Uh, or some Chinese market because that used to be like you know a uh, sipping spoon.
0: Oh it's an actual spoon? Uh, la- a ladle?
1: Yeah ladle, that's, yeah that's part of the ladle which was <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Well it works,
0: it looks, it, it, it wo- does the job, it looks really good.
1: Yeah it looks very good and it's very stiff because it's made out of uh, inox steel so it does the job so if anyone wants to make sword so that's
0: that's a. Deep, that's really impressive. Know. I mean, I've seen I've seen uh, you know sort of homespun weapons. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna assume the reason that you like you you needed to make the swords oh, is well, is for is for economic reasons yeah, because too it's too expensive really, to import them um, yeah. to where that's you expensive. are. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, back then it was too expensive for us to import anything. Mm. Uh, now it's too expensive to import it on a large scale. So mm. Twenty swords or something like this, if one is two hundred euros or something like that, that, that would be too expensive. But uh, we have managed to to produce our own swords. Uh, we don't sell them because we don't uh, have a, like you know, ambition to get rich by making sorts. It is our not not our primary, it's our tertiary profession.
0: Yeah. And it's just the we clubs, mean, the club's yeah, stock. for for, for
1: uh, ourselves mm. and for our fun and pleasure because mm-hmm. we really find it, uh, you know, like, it's a nice hobby because and nice, nice pastime.
0: Past <laughs> um, just going to say, say, folks, if you want to ask us any questions, you've got a bit more time left um just hit the button at the bottom of the screen it's a speech bubble with a question mark if you want to ask us anything about making swords or how to make your own swords or running a club or, or HEMA or, or small swords i, I want to know more about this doyle guy i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go and look him up um so um if anyone's got anything yeah just hit the button but in the for now uh, my final question from me André is uh, what advice, like we mentioned that Belgrade is, being the capital is where all of the HEMA is focused in your country. Unfortunately, uh, everyone, the clubs are just there and there aren't really anything anywhere else. So you're quite familiar with this problem. A lot of people around the world, like I get this every day, people say to me, I really want to do HEMA, but there are no clubs near me where I live. What advice do you have to someone who has no club nearby?
1: hard question because I can understand from one side uh, someone's wish and uh, you know like motivation to do historical fencing and patient mm-hmm. from not being able to so first of all uh, if there is some sport fencing club uh, signed there because you will learn a lot of things which are very applicable in HEMA you will learn uh, stance footwork which is essential and uh, you will learn something about tactics about tempo about measure basically you will learn more than than half of it of mm. so you will be able to upgrade later because basically that was a thing we done 15 years ago so i find it very 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 good uh, probably if you don't even have a sport dancing club which is not unimaginable in serbia also only few Cities have good fencing clubs, sport fencing clubs. Maybe you could go to some other uh, well-established, uh, sp- you know, like combat uh, mar- martial art or combat uh, club, because th- then again you learn some uh, principles which you could apply later on. Because uh, most uh, HEMA is most historical fencing is really you know like uh, bad because people don't uh, like the basics, like the good stance like the good footwork, measure and tempo. Uh, mm. and it's, it's much easier to upgrade. I mean, it is only possible to upgrade if you know those basics. Without those basics, uh, you can uh, read Fabrice all day long and you can, you know, like try to apply it, but uh, uh, it won't be a successful try. So you need to master the basics first in order to upgrade it to historical techniques. So. Mm. Uh, for people who are trying, if you, if your question is, what about people who are trying to learn HEMA from the internet, from the YouTube and so on? Uh, it would be if you, if you, if this is your only chance to do it, do it. But uh, focus on basics. So don't uh, let yourself be, you know, like drawn by some fancy moves or some other things you find enjoyable and pleasant, and uh, which which are, but uh, try uh, not to. Uh, fail to, to do footwork and basics, which because this is the the most important. Because you know uh, we live in 21st century and we are not made for doing some physical and athletic activities. Um, we need to uh, to find a little bit of strength, but also a little bit of stamina and of flexibility in order to perform it well. So these are things which people should also strive to to get before doing something which is. Uh,
0: so there you go if you if you you don't have a HEMA club near you find a sports fencing club because as you say that will cover almost half more than half uh, of what you need to know in terms of footwork timing tactics uh posture and the discipline the discipline uh of of nailing the basics because that will you know it's A lot of people I think who find when they when they do HEMA without having done any sports fencing those people who are successful are the ones who discipline themselves because that's something that is inherent in sports fencing and you in in HEMA the 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 onus is on you the individual to discipline yourself to get those basics done you can't just rely on your instructor to make you be disciplined you really it really has to come from within like you were saying, at three years old, you just wanted to fence. Uh, you know, you had that like that drive, and you, and you, I, you I waited till you. To, I, I still want this. So. You still I want do... <laughs> yeah, it's still there. Everything. That's so. A... Yeah. Yeah. You need you need to for, to make yourself be disciplined and and just get those basics. So yeah, but maybe by the time you kind of got those basics down, then you you might find that there are places where you can study. Uh, the historical side of fencing, and maybe you can find an online teacher or yeah, find some videos or something.
1: Up. Maybe, maybe this is something I would really like advise people, but this is maybe a sly move. Maybe mm. you'll find uh, other enthusiasts in sport clubs, so maybe you could, yeah, uh, you could uh, try to do it later like, with
0: them. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the sports fencing club might be the place, like you say, to meet like minded people, yeah, and from there, the new club will can begin. So that's how it's happened in the past so yeah, that's how it happened with you
1: yeah why shouldn't it uh, be happening in the future also?
0: yeah history repeats itself uh-huh. okay Andre it's been an absolute pleasure really fascinating to to learn about the the Hema scene in in Belgrade in Serbia thank you so much for joining me
1: it was a pleasure to share it with you I wish you everything best and we'll stay in contact so thank
0: you again thank you so much <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To show your appreciation, please give us a five-star review on your podcast platform or support our work by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash swordwomen. Go to at swordwomen on Instagram to see upcoming interviews or visit bythesword.net to learn about our events or visit our Facebook page bythesword the sword.